hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, and Simul TV, and iHeart Radio. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And to find out about uh, the programming we have available for you 24 7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is John Mallard, and he is the author of Newfie EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland. Uh, this was nonfiction bestseller on the top electronic voice phenomenon. It chronicled his start as an investigator going to some of the most haunted places in Newfoundland. It was an awesome. It was awesome because all EVPs were linked to YouTube in the ebook. Now you can hear them in real time. Joining me now from St. John's, Newfoundland, is John Mallard. And John, welcome to the X Zone. Pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. Um, tell it. You know what? What drew you? What was your inspiration? What? What was the fascination? What drew you into the paranormal? Well, I guess I always kind of had a thing for the paranormal, but I think it goes back to when I was just a very young child. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents have a summer home in Holyrood, Newfoundland, and uh, the old train station, which is very close to it, used to have an old magazine stand, and on it was the Weekly World News. Oh, my gosh. And if you can remember the Weekly World News, uh, the first thing that pops in my head right away is Bat Boy. (laughs) It's true. It's true. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can remember picking that up as a kid because there wasn't a whole lot to do up in uh, at the cabin. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't electricity up there or anything like that. So I can remember lying back in my bunk bed at night and reading about stories about Elvis being abducted by aliens and Bat Boy and, you know, Oprah has a clone and all this crazy stuff. And I was like, man, this is so much fun. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like where it kind of started to. And uh, ever since then, I've always had an affinity for the weird to be honest with you, I came into paranormal investigation as an atheist, um, very staunch, by the way. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, basically it all started when uh, my father was given a tremendous gift, which was terminal cancer. Oh, gosh. And I, and I say that with a strange tone in my voice because he really did start me on my journey. Mm-hmm. My dad is a very spiritual man. Right. And uh, when he got his prognosis of terminal liver, and, uh, you know, we got that. It was kind of shocking, obviously, to me. As the atheist, I had already written him off. I said, this is it. Better enjoy my time with them because, well, there isn't an afterlife in my world. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, very spiritual man, though. The doctor gave him uh, just never really gave him finite time, but the prognosis wasn't very good, you can imagine. Um, you know, we're thinking six months to a year at the most. So it was kind of... Well, it was really sad to be. I mean, what else can I really say? When I, I remember walking up to his bedroom to go sit with him, and just the first time I was going to see him after I heard the news, I was just devastated. And I walked in, and he had his hands behind his head and his feet crossed, and he was just watching MASH on TV. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, I'm fine. God's got me. Just, just you wait and see. Now, to me, that's just a person who's very spiritual and very religious in high spirits. You know, with with regards to bad news. Yes. But prognosis or not, this was 2009, mm-hmm. and I was talking to my father on the phone today, actually, of all days, because I'd missed Father's Day because I was at work yesterday, and lo and behold, he's still kicking around, and uh, I owe a lot of that to the fact that he's a very spiritual person and, and a wonderful chemo. He's he's a great example of what spiritual. And health, shall we say, medicine-wise, yeah. can do. Oh, God. It's both things working together. And that was enough to open my mind to the possibility that there might be something else out there that we don't really have a grasp on. Fast forward three or four years after mm-hmm. that, I meet my good friend Robert DeMond, who is just this crazy private investigator guy who's just just has this drive to just just a very nosy person. Do you ever meet someone like that who just wants to know everything? Yeah, my, my <laughs> wife. <laughs> well, I didn't marry Rob, thank God. There wouldn't be enough coffee in the world. Sorry, Rob. He's also he's also a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, so that's just never going to happen. No I'll way, leave it at no that way, yeah. We were two. Yeah. <laughs> but he got, he got me interested one night. Yeah. We were just pretty much sitting back at work, and I met him at work, and he was just kind of like, man, you know what? We got all this microphones and stuff like that. Why don't we go down to Cape Spear and go ghost something just for a goof? Like, it wouldn't be the first time me and him have been out searching for the unknown because mm-hmm. we like going metal detecting and stuff back then. So it was kind of like, yeah, you know what? Why not? The hell with it. We'll do it. Now, for anybody <laughs> out there who's not familiar with Newfoundland, Cape Spear is an old military barracks and is the most easterly point in Newfoundland. Okay, so this is a very popular place. It's an old abandoned military underground facility, basically, and it's just – the perfect place for a ghost hunt. Like if you ever want to come to Newfoundland and go ghost hunting, this is where you're going to go. Okay. So we're there. It's about one o'clock in the morning. We're by ourselves. We got a couple of recorders down there running and we're like, right. you know what? Let's just leave our recorders here in the hall. We'll leave the premises and we'll go up into the parking lot and have a smoke. And right. to be honest with you, at this point, it was just like, pff, we didn't really care. We're only goofing around anyway. There's nobody down in Cape Spear. I mean, this is absolutely abandoned and freezing cold, even in the mm. summer. Um, and yeah, we came back, grabbed a recorder and said, hmm, maybe there'll be something on it. We'll check it out. So we came back up to the car, we plugged it into the car and I'll never forget it. We were listening and it felt like for an eternity. I think we were there for about 45 minutes, but had a thing on the mic coming through. And then all of a sudden we hear a cell door slam Ooh. and it was just 
what the heck was that? We stopped and we must have played it back about 10 times. Mm -hmm. And for anybody who's out there who loves going ghost hunting or is a paranormal investigator, I mean, the first time you catch something, you might as well take a <laughs> you You're might hooked. as well take your first shot of uh, of whatever drug is your fancy because let me tell you you're absolutely hooked yeah and uh, after that it was two years of investigating with Rob Rob actually went on to be on a TV show here in Newfoundland called Newfoundland Labrador Paranormal um I of course was the wet blanket so I wasn't exactly invited <laughs> I played the role of the atheist turned paranormal investigator might I remember I don't really make great TV so to speak <laughs> Um, and the reason why is because it, it has to be really, really good to get my stamp of approval, so to speak. Um, me and Rob eventually did part ways, but uh, you know we didn't. We left each other on good terms because Rob wanted to go focus more on other things with his acting career and things like that. Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to stick with EVP, and and the reason why EVP I think kind of just took me just to another place is because it's probably the most common thing we capture on investigations. Really? So. To us, absolutely. Wow. And I feel, too, like a lot of people out there, they give EVP a bad name because they mix it up with other things. Because it is a form of instrumental transmutation. Okay, yes. So people mix it up. They, 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 people are talking about, you know, scrying with, with water and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And there's like, there's EVP coming through this. Like, well, well, no, not exactly. There's nothing electronic voice phenomena has to do with that. It, it's actually very, very different. And uh, like, for instance, electronic voice phenomenon to me is not a spirit box. A spirit box is instrumental transmutation because it's a receiver, whereas your microphone is picking up audio in the background, basically. Mind you, I've had both work on occasion, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> the thing about EVP that, that attracts me to it the most, though, is the fact that it's so prevalent. And, uh, you know, after doing this for so many years and talking to some people in the field and some of that, I think... I've gotten over the idea that this stuff actually exists, and now I think it's time for everyone to focus on the mechanics of how. How is it possible? And I think some of the proof might be in the pudding, so to speak. We capture these voices. We, we, we capture voices. We capture footsteps. We capture all kinds of things. I myself have been very, very fortunate to have caught many things that are just unexplainable. Um, one thing I can think of right off the top of my head is footsteps. Footsteps is something I've, I've commonly caught in different locations. And uh, I'm multiple occasions in the same location, by the way. Um, I'm the type of guy who likes to go back 10 times to the same location. <laughs> As people are like, you've been doing this for five years. I said, yeah. They're like, how many locations? And I'm like, six. <laughs> oh, you're consistent. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I mean, let's be honest. This will never be a science. The closest thing we're ever going to get to this, Mr. McConnell, is repeatable data. Yeah. Okay, that's about as close as we're going to get, and and I admit that that's probably as good as I'm ever going to get for anybody out there who might be skeptical of all this. But anyhow, I digress. The footsteps, the voices, these things we capture on occasion, but we never ever see where they're coming from. And I think that might be the key to this altogether. Very rarely have we got a video, shall we say, of a spirit and an EVP of that same spirit doing that action. At the very same time. Exactly. All right, stand Which by, my friend. You and I have to take a little bit of a cliffhanger here. John Mallard <laughs> is our special guest, ExoNation, www.lifeafterdeathsociety.com. And um, we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break in a couple of minutes. 
as we continue discussing the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and all matter in between. Are you a believer or are you a skeptic? Send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. And to find out about all the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. Welcome back, everyone. My guest this hour is John Mallard. He is in St. John's, Newfoundland, beautiful part of Canada. His website is www.lifeafterdeathsociety.com. All right, you, 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 we ended up on a very interesting note where video or photographs and EVPs are never taken at the same time. Well, I wouldn't say never, but very rarely do they correlate at the perfect time so to speak yeah. we never see us we never see a spirit walk up the hall while we get their footsteps on recorder and one of the things that's been theorized by a lot of people is that this stuff is actually coming from somewhere else and we're only picking up the aftermath so a great way to talk about this is to actually get a little tiny bit into well physics <laughs> i don't want to bore anybody out there so i'm just going to jump out there and i'm going to say this i think that the most logical explanation is an extra dimension of space that runs parallel to ours that we're not a, we're actually just not privy to. We don't know where it is, but it's it's running parallel to ours where these things are making sounds and we're just picking them up in our environment. So the only way for sound to travel from there to mm-hmm. here would have to be some kind of hole, so to speak, in our environment. So let's back up the train. That would actually pretty much put into place just about every single haunting we've had audio-wise. And the reason why is because, well, we can't catch a ghost, but we can catch their footsteps. It's very, very interesting that we have two types of hauntings as well when it comes to this kind of stuff. People are talking about residual and people yeah. are talking about intelligent. And I've been very fortunate mm-hmm. to have been involved in places that have both going on because we catch the same sounds a year. <laughs> Actually... I actually caught the same sound of a dresser drawer closing and a typewriter moving three separate occasions over the course of a year and a half in one haunted museum here in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, called Admiralty House Communications Museum. And I was actually very fortunate to have been allowed to investigate that place nine times by myself. <laughs> so it's uh, pretty interesting. I digress. I think this stuff is coming from somewhere else. We can't see the place. We can't see that realm wherever it is, but somehow it's coming here. But it, but but how does that correlate with other investigators who say that they ask questions to the other side, wherever that is, and they get the answers back? Aha. Well, the, the, we're talking about an intelligent one then. You know, they were talking about intelligent EVP at that stage. I'm talking about the residual okay. hauntings, the uh, footsteps and stuff oh, like that yeah, aren't usually sure. in. You know what I mean? Yeah. But absolutely, I still think those things are as well coming from somewhere else. Once we get over the fact that this stuff actually exists, mm-hmm. we need to get into the mechanics of how is it possible that it exists in our reality. We all know that sound, well, 
our vocal cords are, ne- are an absolute necessity to create sound. Right, vibrations. Yeah. In order for me to talk to you, air has to pass through my vocal cords in a certain way mm-hmm. and vibrate the air. Yep. And your little tiny air, little hairs in your air have to pick them up and turn it into data, basically. And boom, we have all kinds of lovely Newfoundland slang words like, hey, what are you at? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the wonderful thing about that, though, Rob, is that, well... That works great for me and you, but if I'm in an extra dimension of space that's running parallel to ours, there's absolutely no, no mechanics if I'm a spirit, as far as we know. Well, in order, in order to, well, in order for sound to be produced, it, there has to be air in the environment. Exactamundo. It has to be coming from somewhere. Right. In other words, there has to be an origin point, yeah. which means there has to be a place where this stuff is coming through in a room when EVPs are captured. And that is where I left my research to. That is about as far as I got, which is actually pretty far. <laughs> We've come a long way since watching Ghost Hunters on TV and having a great time. But the uh, the main thing to me is there has to be a way to bridge between here and there. And that bridge might be leaving signs. And I think that the closest thing to a sign I've ever gotten inside an EVP mm-hmm. was a loud cracking noise, this loud whipping noise. It almost sounds like a whoosh. And right. other investigators have reported this as well with some of their EVPs, especially especially the more powerful ones that are quick and sudden. Mm-hmm. It almost sounds like a whipping sound. I wonder if that could be something opening up and closing. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. How is it that EVPs are not heard at the time but requires to be heard after playback? I think that has to do with the sheer mechanic, actual moments of it. Like, for instance, these things are coming in very low, sometimes under six and seven decibels. Like, these are very low. Like, there's many times I've caught EVPs that are right. very, very quiet, and you have to amplify, so our airs don't pick them up. But I'll be damned. There are a lot of people out there who have animals that can hear these things, I think, because their ears are a bit more sensitive. So I think when they do come through, they don't haven't got as much power as we like to have, you know what I mean? Um that, that's one thing I do believe mm-hmm. is definitely part of it. But also it begs to differ. Maybe where they're coming from is impossible to have those super loud sounds. Maybe there's a different type of air there. Maybe it's not air at all. Well, sound can travel through other things, right? Like water or whatnot. So God knows what's over on that side. My, my thought is that mechanic, though, you are, are on the right track, Rob, because the reality of it is we should be hearing these things constantly. Right. If they're really going on. But we aren't. They're very, very quiet. Well, different frequencies, like you were saying, animals can pick them up, but humans can't. And there is, you know, that's that's well documented. That's a fact. So they could be on either ultra frequencies or sub frequencies. Well, and here's the really wild thing about it. Nobody on this planet has the same fingerprint. Yeah. Nobody on this on this on this planet has the same iris print. And nobody on this on this planet has the same Voice hearing print. print. The, we all hear sounds absolutely different. We're all unique that way. So it, it's interesting that some people can hear this stuff better than others. Unfortunately, I have to sit back and listen to stuff cranked up very, very loud with my big, beautiful headphones for six and seven hours at a time mm-hmm. and hopefully capture these things. <laughs> very rarely have I heard things in real time with true EVP. To me, a true EVP is something that's caught just on recorder by itself with nothing else in the room. Um, that is the real true EVP. A spirit box EVP is something that comes mm-hmm. through a spirit box, which is one of those radios that play things really quick and yeah. scan through stations and white noise generators and that kind of stuff, right? 
But how but how accurate are they? Are they hokey? I think 99%. You know what? We're very, very blessed because this last month we had mm-hmm. a great example of an EVP that has literally divided the Internet, which is the Yanni versus Laurel debacle. <laughs> Tell us about that. This isn't actually this isn't actually an EVP. This is just somebody who recorded this oh, right. voice that says right. Laurel. But so many people heard Yanni yeah. and so many people heard Laurel. So it, it it's a great example of how we can misinterpret a lot of data. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're hearing Laurel and I'm hearing Yanni, who's to say that my spirit box EVP I caught is anything at all? Right. So exactly. in my book, I talk very, very adamantly about a wonderful way that I've come up to actually siphon out the bad ghost box EVPs because I do believe it does work. I truly do. And I'm one of the few out there who do believe it actually works, but only because I've had great success with it and I'm very, very critical of what I catch. Um, And I did that by coming up with a new way to classify it. It's called a MADE communication. Now, MADE's abbreviation that stands for multiple word, audible to the ear, intelligently communicated, and in direct response to a question or stimulus. So what I mean by that, so MADE, multiple word. When you're using a ghost box and a ghost box and a scan in stations and you're getting mm-hmm. the and you hear a blip, blop, blip, blop, yeah. blop, that's not an EVP. No, that's <laughs> it has a frequency to be change. multiple word. Right. To even consider like it's nice to hear your name through it, but really I wouldn't consider it an EVP. It has to be multiple word. That right mm-hmm. away it, it shouldn't be possible because you're scanning over so many stations so fast. And you can tell when it's the same voiceover. Like if I heard Rob McConnell, I'm gonna know your voice over six Six or seven stations. You know yourself that there's six or seven stations where you can hear the voice faintly. Yeah. So it's still there. As a person already, you know that yourself. So that's one thing. But multiple words would be much more harder to get, especially if they're a couple of seconds apart. So if I had something like, hey, how are you today? That is far more likely to be, shall we say, of a paranormal nature than something that is sounds more like this. John. <laughs> Which is pretty much what the entire... Uh, Zach Baggins, uh <laughs> movie was centered around. So, so um, if, we, if we look at all, at all the different uh, paranormal groups that have these EVPs, I, I, I've heard so many EVPs that I, I don't understand what the EVP is saying, and yet you've got these paranormal investigators who are saying, well, c- can't you hear what it's saying? And I'm saying, no, I don't. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. You mentioned earlier that, the, you know, my wife is just wonderful at deflating my ego. <laughs> oh, they all are, my friend. So I, if it doesn't pass yeah. the Steph test, I got a Stephanie too, by the way. If it doesn't pass the Steph test, <laughs> it isn't an EVP. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I hear you there. I hear you. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I'm going to stand by this, and, I, and I've said this to many people who are skeptical of, of my work. 99.9% of my stuff could be mistaken. It could be. Absolutely. Sure. But you know what? There's some things that I've caught. It's just, it's it's not possible for it not to be it. And I think I'm going to give you a great example of that right now. Okay. Um, I was at Admiralty House Communications Museum. And I'm going to give you one with a spirit box because it gets so much well, better. Why, why don't we do this? In, instead of me having to cut you in the next couple of uh, seconds, let, <laughs> let's go to our news break now. Exonation, our guest this hour is John Mallard. His website is www.lifeafterdeathsociety.com. His new book is Newfie EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland. 
We'll be back on the other side of this break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And don't forget, Exxon Nation, the X Chronicles newspaper is available. That is the June july 2018 edition at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com and it's there with our compliments you can read it online or download it our way of saying thank you so much for being part of this 28-year voyage that i've been on called the exxon John Mallard is our guest. His website is www.lifeafterdeathsociety.com, and his book is entitled Newfie EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland. All right, before we went to the break, you were just going to share some examples with us. Absolutely. And, and I did and, not uh, want to interrupt you. I mentioned you, before so. about the uh, made communication. So yeah. we're looking for things that are multiple words. Mm-hmm. They're audible to the ear. They're intelligently communicated and also in direct response to a stimulus or question. That that's to me like if they can pass that those if an EVP can get through those those four gates, that yep. is one hell of an EVP. That that is something I'd like to hear. And you guys can send them to me at my website. I'd love to hear what you guys got. But anyway, I digress. Um, Admiralty House Communications Museum. I was on an investigation. Me and the owner were there together. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a spirit box running at this time. And uh, we had been investigating there a few times. I've been coming back and forth to this place. This place is supposedly haunted by a man by the name of Mr. Candy, who was electrified to death back in the World War. Shocking. Um, Amity House Communications Museum is actually where they actually had the communications going on there from the Germans. So, yeah, there you go. Anyway, I digress. Once again, this EVP came through that... I'm telling you, for four years, I was skeptical that that spirit box. I still used it just like I use a K2 meter. I don't believe a K2 meter can detect spirits either. But guess what? I still got it as part of my equipment because you never know. I'm willing to try. Be anyway, prepared. Yeah, be prepared, right? I had the spirit box running, and I hear Jonathan, which is my full name, by the way. And mm. right away, I turn around and I said, yep, that's me. I'm Jonathan. <laughs> and then I hear the lads. Now, the lads, it's short for Life After Death Society, which is what everybody called us, right. the lads. And I said, yes, I'm Jonathan. I'm, 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 the, I'm part of the lads. It goes, member. I said, yes, I'm a member of lads. <laughs> so this thing said my name. It said the name of my ghost hunting team right. and then said I was a member. And uh, yeah, <laughs> this all came through within like 10 seconds. So how did that spirit or that entity know you were there? I think they're there all the time. I don't believe in a haunted location. I believe in a haunted okay. world. I think we're like a TV show to these guys. I think they're just watching us. Boy, oh and uh, I, I really hope they're not watching me during my more private moments. <laughs> but I will say this. I do believe in a haunted world as opposed mm-hmm. to a haunted house. And when the stimuli and environment are, is correct, we get these hauntings that come out. Well, let me ask and you this. If we can hear them, how come we can't see them? Uh-huh. Once again, are they in that extra dimension of space? where we can't see them. 
The only way to really describe it to you is if you have a piece of paper in front mm-hmm. of you. And that piece of paper you're holding up with your two hands in front of you. And everything you know about this world is on this piece of paper. Okay? Everything. All the trees, all the lovely cats we pet, right. all the beautiful people out there and your wonderful listeners, they're all right there. Right. If there's an extra dimension of space that we don't know about, I want you to take that piece of paper and I want you to turn it until it's thin so you can barely see it <laughs> right in front of you. Now, there's a whole world that surrounds it that you can't see. Does that make sense to you? It does. Think about think about the world of a fish tank with the lights off on the outside. The fish can't see who's out there, but they can see us. They can tap on the glass. We can't see the finger tapping on the glass, but we can hear it. That makes sense? Nope. It's tough to explain this without a visual. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, you know, when you were, you, you, you had me until you said the fish tap on the glass. Ah, uh, no, we tap. Oh, on the we glass tap the- on the glass. Okay, now it makes sense. <laughs> you know, I, I, I the know. Fish can't I, see us. <laughs> well, I know, I know in Newfoundland, you know, the cod fodder's in charge of the the gangs over there. So, you never know. <laughs> Lord Thunder, you know, where I'll be catching them. Hey, no don't more. you know, eh? <laughs> well, I will say this to you though. Um, there, there's other things that I've managed to capture that have actually led to solving a mystery over at Admiralty House Communication Museum. Tell us about it. Um, for many, many years, this place has stood, and there was a death on the premise. As I mentioned earlier, yeah. Mr. Candy was electrified to death in the spark room, which is something that powers the entire radio station, which was just such a big tragedy. Um, this is 100 years ago, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, the mystery is we don't know this guy's actual name. So we were trying to get a name really, really bad, mm-hmm. and I was unsuccessful, unfortunately, but I noticed that a lot of the EVPs I captured were a lot of old English EVPs. Like there was a lot of words that just like did not exist <laughs> in our time. Right. So I was kind of like, huh, this is interesting. These are strange accents. I said, this, this sounds more British than Irish. So I cross-referenced the name Candy. Mm-hmm. With the two years between when he was actually supposedly reported dead, because we all know that records sometimes aren't exactly the most accurate. True. I cross-referenced it with British people and who were in the Naval Reserve. And what did I get? Boom. Henry Candy. It popped up right away. Died, died via electrocution in St. John's, Newfoundland during the war. So there you go. I actually solved that to them and brought it and said, this, this is how I figured it out. And they were just... They were flabbergasted because here there's there's these people who got like, you know, bachelor degrees and <laughs> all this stuff. And the lowly EVP investigator solved this mystery, <laughs> which I thought was just so cool. And uh, there you have it, Henry Candy. Um, interesting ghost, so to speak, who's uh, hanging out at Admiralty House to this very day. And there are many supposedly haunted at the locations in Newfoundland that I've had the pleasure of investigating at. There's a lot more than just, uh, shall we say, uh, Cape Spear and Admiralty House as well. Where, Another in your, interest- where, in your opinion, is the most haunted place in Newfoundland? Well, I will have to say Cape Spear because I've spent so much time there. I've okay. done 30 investigations there, and... A big chunk of my first book I wrote is New EVP talking with the dead Newfoundland. A big chunk of that first book I wrote, book I wrote is actually about Cave Spear. Just the um, just sure this it's just insane hmm. how many EVPs have come out of this place and how perfect it is for ghost hunting. Like 
it can't be any more perfect. There's no light sources. There's no electricity sources. There's right. no noise. Like this is you got to walk an hour off the beaten path to a place that's completely surrounded by water with nobody around for miles and miles and miles. Like what a beautiful place to go. <laughs> it's a dream come true, really. Why? And on top of all that, it's mm. underground. Underground. <laughs> Yes, there's like you can't get radio over there. So <laughs> you're trying to use your spirit box. It really, really helps because guess what? There's not much getting through anyway. Right. Uh, while you're doing your investigations and and you've acquired these EVPs, uh, do you witness or experience any other paranormal activity? Uh, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I haven't had a whole lot of stuff happen to me. I think a lot of stuff gets romanticized, obviously. But there was a few instances where, you know, I just – had things happen right. and uh one thing that happened to me was we were at a cross monument at cape spear there's actually a cross monument to some dead soldiers over there and uh we're just hanging out with rob and we were doing a regular just basic evp session actually at the time and uh rob was to my side we were both facing the cross and i felt a tap on my shoulder and it was loud enough that rob looked at me and said do you hear that wow. i said yeah did you just tap me on the shoulder? You said, no. I said, okay. I think that's probably the only time I've ever been touched um, or felt anything come through. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, speak about reach um, out and touch someone. As, wow. Yeah, yeah. And which kind of jives with this idea that, well, really, if these things are coming from another dimension of space and we're only getting the end result, we shouldn't be able to photograph them or be touched by these things. Well, the, you really. see, this is what I find hard to understand exactly. is if, if they can communicate – and if they can touch, why can't they be seeing something? What's the missing, the missing component here? Hmm. Well, I know one thing. If we were to capture something here, mm -hmm. it would have to exist in our reality. If it's on film, it has to exist in our reality. That would completely destroy this idea that these things are coming from an extra dimension of space. Because if it's in our reality and it's yeah. caught on camera, it has to reflect light. But doesn't but the fact the fact that it touches? Doesn't that also mean it's in this realm of reality? Mm, well, that, I guess so, but the difference there would probably be temperature. If we didn't feel any temperature, like I felt a tap on my shoulder, right. who's to say that it's not doing that in that other dimension? But my, my thing to say to you is that I think the audio is coming from there. If these things really do exist in our mm. reality, Reality, it might be possible for them to move things, touch things, or be photographed, which is why I, I don't have a whole lot of stories about other paranormal things other than that one time getting tapped on the shoulder. I just thought it was weird. Perhaps I can describe that by simply saying or, or explain it, sorry, just by simply saying perhaps it was a raindrop. <laughs> it could have happened, but it was either, either, weird. Either a raindrop, but weren't you underground when this happened? This one we were at a cross monument, oh, so we were okay. actually outside at this point. Any seagulls so, around? Nope. All right, so it's not a seagull. <laughs> this is the dropper. middle of the night. They're all asleep, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, you and I have to take our final break, my friend. Please stand by. Exonation, our guest this hour is John Mallard. His website is www.lifeafterdeathsociety.com. He's the author of Nufi EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Now, don't forget, uh, the Exxon TV channel is now available on Simul TV. Check their website out at www. 
simultv.com. And for all the programming information on the Exxon Broadcast Network, 24-7-365, visit www.xzbn.net. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, I love hearing from you. Just send me an email. It's that simple. Exxon at exxonradiotv.com. And for all of you who were kind enough to send me all those home cures for the summer flu or a summer cold that I had last week, one of them worked. I don't know which one, but it's still funny that 90 some odd percent of them all included a healthy dose of alcohol. Hmm. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. John, a.k.a. Jonathan Mallard, is our special guest. He is in one of the oldest provinces in Canada. Well, not... Well, they've only been part of Confederation since, what, 1949? Oldest city in North America. All right, we'll give you that, okay. We love our... Oldest colony. We love our Newfoundlanders. You know, you guys are... You're friendly. Everybody's so it's, friendly. It's, it's hard not to love a Newfie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> What, what's the name of that, your famous drink, Newfie Screech? Oh, yeah. You, oh, if yeah. you ever come to Newfoundland, I'll screech in again. <laughs> Maybe we can go ghost hunting at Cape Sphere. Yeah, we'll, ha- we'll have to do a live remote. How's that? Oh, man, I love that. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations on your book, uh, John. Uh, Newfie yeah. EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland. Um, how has the research you've done changed your belief when it comes to the paranormal i know we we touched briefly on how it has changed your your outlook on life in general you know thank god your dad is still with us um but communicating with the other side are we communicating with with those who have passed or those who are in transition or those who are still here but were never on this side of reality I have absolutely no idea yeah. who we're communicating with, Rob. I have no idea. I have not figured that out. And I think one of the reasons why I decided to hang up the recorder a couple of months ago was mm-hmm. because I think I, I, I know enough now. All I know is there's something, and that's good enough for me. I think that wherever this is coming from, I think we're headed there. That's that's enough. <laughs> I get it. And uh, I, I've not, I came into this field as an atheist. I'm not leaving as one. And wow. uh, that's I'll leave it at that. My entire life was changed by this. My entire life was changed by this. Absolutely. Every fiber of my being, completely different person. And for, for the better, I just are just I've decided in my life at this stage, it's it's more important to be concerned with the living than it is with the dead. <laughs> and uh, I've actually had a change in career myself now where I look after medically fragile and challenged children who are in foster care systems. Bless so, you for that. Yeah, so I've kind of changed gears a little bit, but I haven't left my love for the paranormal. I'm still that little boy reading the weekly world news at my cabin out in Holyrood sometimes, and uh, I've decided to dedicate my time to my beloved podcast, The Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast, which is a spin on The Ode to Newfoundland, which is our provincial anthem. The Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast is a monthly paranormal variety show, and uh, hey man, I'd love to have you on sometime, by the way. Anytime. (laughs) 
Anytime. <laughs> I think it'd be great. Listen, uh, as as a, as as somebody who I think approaches the paranormal with a level head, what do you take about all these different ghost uh, TV shows and paranormal shows that are out there? It's entertainment. Yeah. It's entertainment. There, there's bits and pieces of truth in what they do. Absolutely. Uh, you know what? Just first thing is first. I mean, let's just say that that one of these shows are actually doing things correctly, one hundred percent, and they really are. You're you're not seeing half the work that goes into this stuff. Because let me tell you, you sitting down watching Jonathan Mallard with thirty six hours of audio by myself in a dark room listening for EVPs is not compelling television. So right away, you're not getting that part of this. There's an insane amount of work that goes into EVP research, an insane amount. Um, <laughs> if, if you're out investigating every single week mm-hmm. and, and you're getting stuff every single week, that's great. But reality is there's no way you're being thorough with your equipment. Do you know what I mean? That's step one. Step two, and this is a big one too. Once I said to you earlier, I'm looking for repeatable data. I could never explain to someone with a science driven mind that this stuff truly exists. The closest thing I can get for people who are skeptical is repeatable data, the same stuff happening over and over and over again. You can't do that by jumping to location to location every single week. You just can't do it. It's a different environment. It's self-defeating in a lot of ways. Do you think these shows are an asset or a hindrance to true paranormal investigations? My hat's off to the plumbers when they started this back in 2004 because they opened the door for paranormal investigators like myself to do this. I have utmost respect for those guys. But they have served their purpose. Now that it's a mainstream idea and that ghost hunters aren't laughed out of the place anymore, it's mm-hmm. actually something that could actually be real. I, I think that's what the purpose of this was. Other than that, it is just a good TV show to watch. Um, <laughs> and I mean, obviously, some TV shows might be better than others. Yeah. But I digress. If you take a recorder and you go out and you go to a supposedly haunted place and you capture something, are you not doing the same thing they're doing? <laughs> True. Listen, uh, do you find is it my imagination or are these shows starting to die off? Absolutely, they are dying off. But you got to realize the craze started. I mean, this is almost fifteen years ago now. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a long time for anything to run on TV. Like this isn't The Simpsons where there's a thousand characters and everyone's hilarious. This is the same thing over and over and over again. And you know what? It has a cult following, I'm sure, and it always will. But absolutely, it will die out. Also, in the realm of the paranormal, when it comes to entertainment, it almost seems like these things are cyclical anyway. Mm-hmm. You might Aliens might be big for a few years yep, and then exactly. Bigfoot might be big for a few years and then ghosts. It, it just goes in cycles and comes back and and goes and you know it, that to me is the the way this thing, this seems to go with entertainment on TV anyhow. Do you study or have you investigated any other aspect of the paranormal besides EVPs? Have you looked into UFOs? Have you looked into sea monsters since you're in Newfoundland? No, and that was actually one of the reasons why I love my podcast because it gives me a chance to talk to everyone who are experts in those fields. And I use the word experts laughingly because, you know, there really is no experts. There's just people who's put a lot more time into it than, say, me or you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that to me is just the best thing I could do really to get a better base knowledge of all this stuff. It's so, so rewarding mm-hmm. to be able to talk to somebody who is just passionate about their topic. Um, just like I feel about EVP when someone talks about Loch Ness Monster or someone talks about Bigfoot on my show it's just I can feel that love coming through on the other end and I mean you can feel the love coming out of me tonight when I'm talking about it it's there and it's a it's a great passionate thing absolutely and uh, 
yeah, I'm interested in all those topics, but the only one I've really delved into is EVP on my own. I'll leave the rest for everybody else and tell the stories on my show. <laughs> Give me your opinion on this. Do you believe that the governments of the world have have joined forces to suppress the information that extraterrestrials have actually been here on this planet interacting us? I mean, putting, putting those people in Ottawa aside and those down in the States in Washington, I mean, real aliens, you know? Well, wait a sec. Hold on. Anyway, uh, do you think there is a government conspiracy in place to suppress the information of UFOs and ETs? I think that to stop mass panic, if there really was something going on, they would suppress it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just like if there was like another bubonic plague that got spread around that was killing people, no one would know about it until it actually killed them. There'd be no different. Um, one thing I will say this, um, <laughs> it's either one or the other. Either there is a God that created all this or there's aliens out there. <laughs> well, is, is it possible that. Is it possible that God and aliens are one and the same? I would imagine. I you would see, imagine. We could confuse them, no doubt. You see, we'll if get I, an ancient astronaut theory now. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, you see, if I, 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 if I was to write the Bible, I would have put Noah coming first. And, and the ark wasn't an ark made of wood. It was a spacecraft. And the animals two by two would be DNA. He crashes into That's planet a, Earth. That is a very interesting idea. I like that. Yeah. You know what else is really fascinating? Genesis. It actually does tell the story about how the world was created from science point yeah. of view. Like it does. It got the order correct. I thought that was really interesting. And how did they know that way back then? Nobody knows. <laughs> uh, Nobody knows. Are there a lot of UFO sightings in Newfoundland? There actually is a branch of MUFON out here. It's called NUFON. It's headed by my good friend, Laura Gilbert. And uh, Laura is actually just an absolute sweetheart and a good friend of mine who actually has a segment on my show every mm -hmm. single month. Um, yeah, they got their own club up here and stuff wow. like that. Newfoundland is actually a very interesting place for UFO sightings, stuff like that, because, well, a lot of our province is just trees. <laughs> There's not a lot of streetlight pollution. So you can get away outside the city and get a better view of the skies. Um, there has been many different UFO sightings, but nothing too extraordinary, I don't think, anyway. Um, I can't really think of a Newfoundland besides maybe the whole Shag Harbor thing. But I don't think yeah. that was even Newfoundland. That was uh, no, it was Scotia, wasn't it? Was that that wasn't Newfoundland? That was Nova know. Scotia, wasn't yeah, it? I, I can't remember. Me neither. Yeah, That's how significant it was, yeah. But there's not really a big one, uh, not really a big UFO thing, and there's not really any Bigfoot stuff going on here either. Well, that's because Bigfoot, I don't think, can swim, and the only way he could get to Newfoundland is if he was to swim or get on a boat. Man, I'm telling you, I've come across some guys who look like Bigfoot on the boat to Bell Island. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you one thing, we do have though. And this is an interesting fact to end it off with you. We do have the world's first ever kraken on display here. The How first big? ever giant octopus washed up on shore yeah. in Newfoundland. And we have its carcass. So before it was filmed, it was mm -hmm. before it was documented and stuff like that, we had bits and pieces of this gigantic octopus, or, or sorry, this gigantic squid. So the giant squid is... Well, the Kraken or sea monster actually does exist. Right. And it did wash up on the shores of Newfoundland. And you can, to this day, still see bits and pieces. Sometimes it goes on display at the Memorial University. And uh, 
I can't remember the last time it was out. I know many years ago I seen it at the, the Rooms. It was on display, which is another museum here in town. So there you go. Come see a sea monster, guys, We were, and get screeched in. This province is awesome. <laughs> John, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight, my friend. A great pleasure. I hope I have the, uh, the pleasure of having you back on in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. There's always something going on in Newfoundland that's weird and spooky. We are the oldest city in North America. <laughs> and we'll be checking in with you in the near future, John. Take care of yourself, buddy. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks for having me on. My great pleasure. Exonation, our guest this hour has been John Mallard. He is uh, the author of Newfie EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland. And his website is www.lifeafterdeathsociety.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.